in uh, chapter chapter 15, uh, the Ramchal is talking about Dalkei Kniyata Prishud. How do you possess Prishud? Now, when we're talking about possessing Prishud, uh, like the other subjects we were talking about possessing, we're talking about how do you convince yourself to be Porish? Like, what is the clinching argument that will uh, encourage you to separate from a specific thing? So he says one has to, I think, I think the word I would be looking for here would be perspective. That one needs to have a certain perspective when one is looking into uh, physical pleasures of this world and understand exactly what the pleasure is. I'll give you an example, right? If you're talking about uh, eating. Um, so eating has become, as I've mentioned a few times, it's become a, uh, an activity. Uh, in, in essence, one is meant to eat in order that one can go out and do things. Uh, but our reality is that one goes out to eat. Uh, the eating has been transitioned from being what it should be, which is a means to what it is today, with for many people, is an end. Uh, one cannot argue about the importance of sometimes um, having conversations and meeting with people, and it can be done over a meal, and that can, to a degree, ease tensions and create uh, a positive atmosphere. Having said that, the reality that most of us live today, where the excitement and anticipation involved in going out to eat has, has lost all perspective. Uh, of, of what it really is and so let's think about it for a minute if you're thinking about we all enjoy going out to eat somewhere so let's think about it what is the actual benefit of the eating uh, how long does the eating uh, the benefit of eating last for and here we will if we cut it down there are different types of benefits when one goes to eat there is the getting ready to go out there's the anticipation of the food which is the ordering the food then one is simply waiting for the food to arrive then is the actual miser of eating which depending on whether you're a quick eater or a slow eater doesn't take so much time uh, if we're talking about the the essence of the pleasure of eating being the actual act of eating it's a very short period of time. Now, if we're talking about now, once we talk about the pleasure of eating, the different types of food that someone would eat, so I presume most of us would accept that bread and butter, we don't go out to eat bread and butter. Bread and butter is a, is a very, very uh, uh, meager meal. Uh, let's say, apologies to the uh, vegetarians, let's say we're talking about a good entrecote steak uh, or a sirloin steak that, that one is ordering. So how long is the actual miser of enjoyment, how long does that last for? And the reality is that it doesn't last for long at all. It doesn't last for long at all. It is, it is finished with very, very quickly. That, that being the case, uh, well, the way he puts it in Ramchal is, within 10 minutes of putting something into your mouth, there is no difference between you having ate bread and butter 
or whether you're having a, uh, a steak and uh, puree or whatever you eat with your steak. Uh, the, the, by the time it reaches your stomach, you personally cannot tell the difference. Your stomach, however, can tell the difference, especially as you get older. You know, I'm not talking about allergies, but as you get older, what you were able to eat when you were younger, you were no longer able to eat. And you can actually feel when something isn't healthy, you can feel it. You, it has an effect on your stomach. It, uh, so, so then if one looks at eating in that way, one doesn't, it's not such a grace as that. You know, we're going out to eat. Sometimes for, for the wives, it's, it's the chupar is more they don't have to cook, right? They don't, it, the, the food for the evening is being dealt with by someone else, including the washing up. And from that perspective, one sits down, one has a meal that is prepared for you, and one leaves after one's paid. Uh, and uh, the amount of uh, uh, that's also part of the hana, but but in perspective, when you put it into perspective, how much how much enjoyment actually was there, and whether it's worth the price you pay. One of the first things that occurred to me when I was becoming more intensely religious at the ages of sixteen and seventeen was that there was no lasting feeling of achievement with the things I was doing when we were when we were having a good time at night. We were doing things and we were, you know, having fun. But when I got home at night the fun was over and very rarely did it have any effect on me afterwards. I never felt good afterwards. It happened the next morning when I woke up I was just tired. There was no real uh, lasting effect. Uh, when I was comparing that to what I started to do at the time, which was to learn Torah, so that the, the, the difference was enormous, because when I set up late learning Torah, it, it had an effect on me the next morning as well. So what we're saying here is that no one can deny that pleasures are not pleasures. For every human being, it doesn't matter if they have, uh, if they have earrings, or it doesn't matter if they, you know, I'm talking about men, or if they shave their heads, or if they, if they have payers. It doesn't matter, everyone has pleasure. The question is, is how much perspective do I have on that pleasure? How important is that pleasure? I remember, again, the girls, I don't know whether you can imagine, it's been in a soccer game of 90 minutes. If your team scored a goal very early on, you would essentially be standing there waiting for the game to finish so that you could win. You paid for a ticket to see people kicking a ball for for 90 minutes but your team scored very early on and all you want now to happen for the next 70 minutes is for the game to finish so you can say you've won so again put all the pleasures into perspective and then and then one understands that it's it's not so hard to remove yourself from something when one understands that the pleasure it doesn't last so long this is what he talks about at the beginning of chapter 15 <laughs> I've often spoken about this sentence in Chazal, uh, which is a, a, such a profound statement. Chazal tells us that someone should be mechashev, they should work out the hefseid avera mul haschara, what you lose when you do an avera to what you gain. Now, why is this statement so important? Because, number one, Chazal were not living in a balloon. They weren't on cloud nine. They were aware that there is Sechar for Navera. They, they never denied it. They said that you have to weigh up the Hefseid, what you lose when you do an Navera, with what you gain when you do an Navera. It's clear that people gain when they do something that isn't correct, because otherwise they wouldn't do it. 
You wouldn't do things that weren't correct if you weren't getting enjoyment from them. And any Rebbe, and some of my Rebbe stood up when I was young, and I, I think that was probably what the disconnect was in my earlier years, was they insisted there was no pleasure in any of the things that were asa. And our experience at the time was that there was. And so there was this immediate disconnect between ourselves and the rabbis in the class because, because we thought that we, they were living in a different planet. How can you say you don't enjoy this? Everyone enjoys this. And we all did. And the Chazal said you enjoy it. They're not saying things aren't enjoyable. They're saying, what is the price you pay for the enjoyment that you have? And, and there are, again, we're all uh, over 18 here, there are a lot of single-parent mothers walking around in the world who, who had a, a brief time of enjoyment and have spent the rest of their lives uh, being uh, responsible for a child and not being able to get married uh, because they, they came with a child. And this was all because of a, a few minutes of, of, of pleasure that they had. So no one's denying the fact that there's pleasure. The question is, what price do you pay? Now, what do you need to do in order to be able to, to be kona this, this, this mina? You need to have foresight. You need to be able to look ahead before you do something. So often when we made a mistake, if you look back on the mistake that we've made, uh, you, you will notice that you made it because you weren't thinking, or what you normally say, what was I thinking? You were certainly thinking something because you're a human being and you have a mind and you have an neshama. So you were thinking something. When you did something wrong, you were thinking something. You rationalized it. You explained to yourself why, why it was right. But because we didn't think enough, we do a lot of silly things. Uh, and, um, and we don't take into account the price we're going to pay for it afterwards. <coughs> Even something as, uh, which, is, which isn't as popular anymore, but smoking, uh, you know, when people, if people were to take the time to think, you know, do I want to die 10, 15, 20 years younger for this pleasure of putting these smoke into my lungs? It do, does it weigh up? And you'll come to the conclusion, of course it doesn't weigh up. You much prefer to live longer and to see, to see more in your life than, than, than have this particular pleasure. But at the time of having the pleasure, we push that thought aside. Now, as thinking human beings, we are being told you have to... You have to be aware that every single pleasure you has, you have is uh, comes at a price, and therefore you have to be able to define that pleasure. And is that pleasure worth the price you're going to pay for it? And this should enable us to be kone prishut. Um, and he talks specifically uh, uh, about food, but but it's the same with uh, it's the same with every type of, uh, of physical enjoyment that we have. The amount of time that we actually have the enjoyment for is is minimal. And therefore, the question is, we're not suggesting you should be poorish from everything. We've already said that. But what we are suggesting is to think about it. Just put it into perspective, right? That at the end of the day, a meal, a meal is a meal. You don't have to go crazy about a meal. At the end of the day, it's food in your stomach and, and, and the anticipation is enjoyment and the eating is enjoyment. But it's a very short period of time. And maybe you don't need to do it all the time. We're not saying don't do it at all. But some people do it on the most ridiculous frequency. That it's just ridiculous amount of times that they go out to eat, go out to eat, go out to eat. And spend so much time talking about food and preparing salads and this, that and the other. That it, it just takes over our lives. And it's, uh, it doesn't make sense that such a thing should take over our lives. Remember, food is a means to the end. The end is that we have energy and that we are able to function as human beings. The end isn't that we eat. There is no such thing as an end that we eat, right? It's a means. It's got to be a means. And, uh, but that's the same with everything as well. You know, when I first came to the conclusion, there's no point sleeping late, which is many, 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 many years ago. It came because I, I understood that whatever time I got up, I was tired. So if I'm going to be tired when I get up at 9 o'clock, I might as well get up at 6 o'clock and be tired. If I'm going to be tired anyway, what difference does it make? Uh, and so... 
understood. So you'll be a bit, you have to push yourself a bit to get up a bit earlier. But, but the, the luxury of sleep is, again, sleep is meant to be a means. It's not meant to be an end. You sleep in order to have the koach to, to perform the next day. You don't sleep for the sake of sleeping. Sleeping is not an end. It's a means. Uh, you, and therefore, it's, uh, it's a way sometimes of relaxing, of escaping. There's it, a positive side to it as well. But at the end of the day, time passes. With all of these things, times pass. And therefore, each, each thing that we, if we want to downgrade uh, in order that we be more amenable to, to separate ourselves, then the way to downgrade is to see something for what it really is, to not it be blown out of proportion and to understand what it really is. And, and that's one element of separateness. That's, that, that's how one can convince oneself to separate. The yakam in akol hu hahit bodadut. And uh, the other is isolation. Because the, the more you separate yourself from this world and from the trends of this world, uh, the less uh, attractive it is. If you're not surrounded by people with all these phones and all, all the gadgets that people have, the less you need to think about it. And David Amelech used to speak, and this is like has been turned into a bretzel of a song. But David Amelech was the one who said it in Tehillim Nun Hey, "Mi itenli eivel kayona aufa veeshkona hinei archik nedod alim b'midbasela." If only I could fly away, David Amelech says, and and be on my own and be away from all uh, the norms of society. Vahadim eliav veelishem matzano yotami achadim ekomam al heharim. So the, the way to negatively convince yourself to separate from things is, is simply by putting them into perspective and understanding what they are, what they really are. The way to, um, to posit- positively do that is to remove, physically remove yourself from, from these things in order to get the perspective. We're moving into, in the next chapter, a very interesting subject which we'll have to spend a bit, t- a bit of time explaining why it is where it is, okay, and it's Perik Tet Zayin, and Perik Tet Zayin is talking about Tahara, after Prishut comes Tahara, okay, have a good day.